Guts and Grit Podcast. A podcast where we discuss overcoming the odds, resiliency, and never giving up. Join us each week as host John Melson, Joy Vatrebeck, and Mark Renahan discuss coming back from failure and never quitting. Guts and Grit, it's go time. Welcome to another edition of Guts and Grit. We are on episode 14. I am, of course, your host, Mark Renahan. This is my co-host, the lovely Joey Vatrebeck, and of course, coming to us from Fort Benning, although he has been bitten by some fire ants, (laughs) Sergeant Melson. The Taliban and Al-Qaeda couldn't take him out, but fire ants can. Today, we have an incredibly special show. It means a ton to us here at Guts and Grit. Uh, As some of you may know, we we are real big uh, into... You know, remembering September, September 11th, 11th yeah. we like to do shows that, you know, point out the, the things that happened that day. And today we have with us an incredible story. Today we have a gentleman named Paul Venito with us. Paul is a former flight attendant who now gives back by every year during September 11th. He walks, and I want to repeat that, he walks, this year is from Dulles International Airport all the way to uh, ground zero down there at the Pentagon, and he pushes a cart from the plane. We're gonna get into all of this, and if you look in the background of Paul right now, you see the actual cart, which got us all excited, but everybody, say hello, a big guts and grit. Welcome to Paul Venito. Paulie, how are you? Hey, Paul. Good, good, guys, thank you. Thank, thank you for having me, I appreciate it. No, we th- appreciate you. you having, come on. So, Paulie, we like to just jump right in here at the show. So, I know you were a flight attendant. Maybe we could go back to September 11th, and maybe you could just tell your story as to how you led up to where we are now. Um, okay, I was um, a flight attendant with United Airlines. I um, it was my fifth airline that I went to work for. Um, it's just the way my career ended up. I started out with charter airlines. I flew a lot of military contract flights with World Airways. That was the first airline I worked with. Uh, I was based out of Wrightstown, New Jersey, and we used to fly a lot of military personnel around the world. Um, and as uh, you know, everybody wants to work for a major airline. Um, and I ended up with a few charters. They bellied up, went bankrupt, and I go to the next airline. And eventually in 97, I went to work for United. Um, got based in Chicago. And I was based here for six months, and I transferred to Boston. Um, it was a pretty junior base, so I could hold a good schedule. And um, and. It, all flight attendants have a preference after a while, depending on their airline, where they're based, the type of flying the airline does. Um, but you find your little niche in the industry, and some flight attendants like doing the shot flights, like Boston to Chicago and back, and then and, and one day they're done. Other flight attendants like doing transcon flying, which I like doing. I go across the country, one shot, six, seven hours, lay over on the West Coast, and then come back, and that's pretty much what I like doing. I um, I came in on September 10th at 8 o'clock off a 767 aircraft. I just came back from Los Angeles. Um, and uh, 8 o'clock, I got off the plane. The next morning, that same aircraft went back out, flight 175 on 9-11, and it hit the second tower. Mm. So what happened in my life was I... Uh, I ended up in an opiate addiction after 9-11. I was prescribed pain medication. And uh, I didn't, I know this today, but I didn't know it then that you know I really wasn't functioning 
uh, uh, dealing with the uh, emotions of what happened on 9/11. I mean, I, I was, I was numbed out pretty much, and um, so um, as we all know in this country, um, in the world, really, on what happened that day, uh, uh, when those towers came down. You know, it was such a shock to the whole world and all of us that a lot, most people completely forgot about what happened at the beginning of that day, except people like me and uh, you know, some of us. But, um, you know, people didn't realize at the beginning of that day what was going on in those aircrafts at 8 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it wasn't a pretty picture. And these crew members were up against trained terrorism um, and, uh, you know, without any training at all none whatsoever and uh so for me it was it bothered me right away i mean five days after 9 11 i had a picture um i can you know something i can show you real quick love it i had i had this picture right here made this is a picture of the cool 175 mm. uh, that's the captain the first officer and the rest of the flight attendants Amy and Michael were engaged to be married. Amy Jarrett, I was flew all the time, was very close. Al was a retired cop. These three flight attendants were only five for 10 months, brand new. Mm. Um, so I had this picture made. I had a smaller one made five days after 9-11 and I had it attached to my flight bag because I wanted everybody, when I walked to that airport, I wanted everybody to see these faces because I knew that people were gonna forget about it. They were and I wasn't gonna let it happen. So. So unfortunately, you know, I, I didn't never thought it would come to this, but, it, you know, because every year the anniversary would come up and would hear about the firemen, the policemen, and everybody deserved credit that day. Everybody was a hero that day. And people ran into those buildings and never came out to help mm -hmm. strangers. There was a lot of heroes that day. But every year on the anniversary, we would never hear about these crew members. And it, would, it was tearing me apart. I... Um, now I'm in the throes of my addiction. I flew for 10 more years. Um, and, and, and I couldn't understand why nobody was recognizing these people. You know, um, but I told myself a year after 9-11, I remember I was just, I was just did a, uh, a CBS show earlier today on a Zoom thing. And I was explaining this and I remember a year ago, I, I remember looking at a beverage cart in a galley on an airplane. I was working a flight, and I and, and the thought came to me. This was a year after 9/11. I said, "That's what I'm going to do." That's when I knew I was going to do it. I said, "I'm going to push one of these things all over to New York from Boston. That'll get everybody's attention." Mm. Uh, so, as we know today, that's what I ended up doing 20 years later. You know, on the 20th anniversary. So what I did is, uh, once I was able to put the opiates down in 2015, I started training. You know, I meant I, I shouldn't say I started training, but I. I, uh, it took me from 2015 to really 2020 to come out of the fog of what that opiates did to me. I mean, I was, uh, you know, it took me a while to recover from that, to get back in society. And to, so, I mean, I wasn't, I, you know, I never planned on doing it on the 20th anniversary. It's just, I knew at that point I was healthy enough mentally, physically, that I could probably pull this thing off. And I said, why not? I'm going to do it. Showing sure up, I, you know, I, uh, I mentioned it to a few people, and and, uh, and 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 it was put together real, 
And all I had to do was train. So that's what I did. I ended up getting the beverage cart. That's one of them right there. I ended up getting two of them. And, uh, and I trained. I started October 10th. I'll never forget the date because that's my parents' wedding anniversary and my older brother Peter's birthday. And I drove down to a beach in Quincy, Wollaston Beach at nighttime. And I got out of my car and I said, I got to start training. And uh, I didn't have the beverage cart at this time. I just knew I had to start walking. And I remember looking across the beach and seeing the skyline of Boston. And I get out of my car and I look and I said, holy shit. What am I doing? I said, look how far Boston is. I'm going to try to go to New York. That was my first, the first day. That's the first thing that came out of my mind. And I'm smoking cigarettes at the time. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. So I get out of my car and I get a cigarette in my mouth. And I, I don't even think I walked a half a mile. And I'm like, oh, my God. How am I going to do this? And I just, I didn't, you know, there was, I had a drive in me like I've never experienced in my life. So I just, I knew that it's, it's funny because the plan was in my, I didn't write anything down, but I had it. In a, I don't know how to explain it. I knew that if I walked so many months, build up, build up, build up, build up. And eventually uh, after a couple of months and eventually I'll bring the beverage cart out and then in a park and I'll, a couple of months in the park and then I'll bring it out onto the street. That's pretty much how, you know, that's exactly how it played out. Um, when I got to March 1st, that's when I quit the cigarettes. And I brought the beverage cart out, and uh, and, I, and I started in the park for two months in the beverage cart. I get up to ten miles, and then I knew I needed to get on the street, and I get used to the environment, the cars, the buses, the railroad tracks, and sidewalk grates, whatever I was going to run into. And then I just trained from uh, May first to August first, and then I left August twenty first out of Boston. Wow! And the first day, yeah, first day out of Boston, I it was a hurricane. Uh, I didn't think I'd do five miles. I did 18. Uh, a week later, I'm in Connecticut. I get another hurricane. The, the story was just, it was just amazing. It was just unbelievable. But, I would uh, say that's some resilience, Damon. Yeah, that's that's using guts and grit. Yes, now, Paul, you, you brought up something that I want to, and I have to apologize because I never realized this in my own head, but you're very much right that uh, every year on September 11th, very few people remember the flight attendants mm. who were on those mm -hmm. crews who gave their lives. Uh, myself included, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, I, I, you know, I was looking into, we, we like to do shows for September 11th. And when I came across you and I, I saw your story, I said to myself, you know what? We've had cops, we've had firemen, you know, military guys like John who dealt with the aftermath. But those flight attendants, they're as much of heroes as anybody that day. I mean, you want to talk about being on the front line of September 11th, you know, it was them. And it, it's, it's awesome that you are doing this. Mm -hmm. I just want to point that out. And congratulations on getting sober and quitting butts. I heard quitting yeah. cigarettes is probably harder than all of them from what I hear. But uh, so let me let me get back to this, uh, Paulie. So this year you're going from Dulles Airport to uh, yeah. the Pentagon crash site. Is yeah. that it? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How far is that? That's nothing. I could do it blindfolded. Uh, last year was 220 miles. This is only 35 miles. Wow. Oh, okay. But okay. it's still... You know, it's still an incredibly important um, thing mm. to do, in yeah. my in my opinion. It's, it's, you know, it's not that it was never. I didn't. I, I, I'm not doing this to prove I'm an athlete because that's not what it's about. It's not anything to do with that at all. And um, I'm, you know, to be honest with you, I'm baffled. I even did it because I've driven <laughs> to New York since, and I I'm, I can't even believe I did it. You know, now that I did it, but. Um, 
because, if, you know, the hills in Connecticut were brutal. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when I was doing it, I didn't notice it. I just flew right through it. But I, um, I know that if, the plan is for next year is Shanksville. That's 300 miles. And that all depends on if I get corporate sponsors. I'm a nonprofit now. I incorporated Polly's Push. So, um, it's, you know, a, a gentleman donated an RV to me. It was, you know, so many things have happened that I know I was supposed to do this. I could take all day long because every day, the minute we finish with this, when I walk outside, I guarantee you something's going to happen to me today. And I'm going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Because it's not, has not stopped. And, and the phone calls, the emails, the people I come into my life, uh, this whole thing. I didn't think I was going to do this again. I had no intentions of it. How do you re recreate the 20th anniversary? You, you know what I mean? I, I accomplished my mission. I got these guys recognized. I got worldwide attention. I just, I never expected it, but I accomplished it. Before I even got to ground zero, I felt like I accomplished it. So I didn't need to do this again. But what's happened is I got so much response from all over the world people from Brazil, from Australia. I mean, it's just crazy emails thanking me and uh, saying I inspired them. And a guy gives me an, an RV says, just take this thing and keep doing what you're doing. So, and now I got to tell you, there's so many things that happen along the way. The story was just, it was just amazing. It was just, the whole thing was so amazing. On top of the beverage cart, we had a GPS unit with a camera on it. The guy who designed it, was a race is a race director. Dave McGilvery, who's the race director of the Boston Marathon, gave me this guy's number. He's from upstate New York. Says he, he can map the route out for you. So when I called him, he goes, "It's funny. I just I'm designing this camera to put on the back of a bicycle, and that might work with what you're doing." So he brought it with him and he showed me this contraption. He goes, "Well, attach it and drop your beverage cap." Well, sure enough, he goes, "I'll come and I'll." Spend two days with you guys when you start out to make sure you know how to run it. After the second day, he said, there's no way I will leave. There's no way I'm going to miss this. Because we could all of a sudden, we couldn't believe what was happening on the streets. The people, the signs, the kids, and the fire trucks, and the policemen. We, none of this was planned. It was just, it, it, I get emotional thinking about it. Because I'm, I'm thinking about the, so many stories that were told to me along the way. From Massachusetts into Connecticut each day. People were coming out of their houses and they were divulging personal stuff to me. Like I, I was, I was, I was speechless mm. over what I was hearing. I couldn't believe it. I started to realize that it was more than I thought. I was doing this to recognize these crew members. That was it. I didn't, you know, if Nike came up to me and said, "I'll give you a million dollars to put Nike sticker on the beverage cart," I would have told them to screw because it wasn't about <laughs> money. I wasn't doing this for money. I needed these guys recognized, and I, I and, and I still feel that way today. That's what it's about. But what happened was there was so much happened out there that I realized that this is more than just recognizing this, these guys. Mm. What is happening? These people are talking to each other, neighbors that haven't talked to each other in five years. They're, you know, one would they'd be standing there waiting for me. I'd come up and one would walk away and the other one would say, you know, I haven't talked to him in five years. And the light went on in my head. I said, oh my God, things are, you know, there's more to this push on this cart than I could even imagine. But one thing that really stuck out, sir, a few things, but when I was in the middle of the street, I had two firemen on one side of me, one on this side, a fire truck in front of me, a couple of fire trucks in front of me, police cars, all escorting me through these towns, all the way to New York. It was crazy. 
But one of the firemen starts crying beside me, puts his arm on my shoulder and leans in, he's crying in the middle of the street and whispers in my ear, says, I can't talk to my guys in the firehouse. I'm struggling with drugs. I couldn't believe it in the middle of the street. Half hour later, I'm pushing and there's a Vietnam vet comes walking out in the middle of the street and says, I just want to thank you. And he walks away and the news cameras start coming towards me. And right away, in my mind, I'm there. They should be walking right past me and following that guy. Why are these cameramen talking to me? Talk to him. And that happened more than once to me. I'll let you see that. I get emotional because I can, I'm reliving that moment when that happened on the middle of that street. I'm thinking, this is the guy you should be talking to. And mm. so, and, you know, when that was going on, I had no intent thinking that was, I was going to be continuing this next, this year or anything. But in my mind, I'm thinking, if I ever have the opportunity to recognize that guy, I'm going to do it. And look what's happened. Now, all of a sudden, you know, I finished the whole thing last year. A guy gives me an RV. Um, I, you know, I'm, now I'm not under somebody else's umbrella. They're nonprofit. I incorporate on my own nonprofit. And my best friend is Joe Sweeney, whose father dropped the second bomb in World War II. Now, I need a connection to go into the Pentagon. And I got to let some guy roll a beverage cart into the Pentagon. <laughs> so, of course, of course, I called Joe up and he goes, Call my sister. She She's a retired 33-year military, worked in the Pentagon. She was there on 9-11 and lost friends. His sister, Elizabeth. So I called her. She was ecstatic. So she was a connection and what I had to, whatever she had to do, go up the chain of command in the military to get this thing approved. So it's all come together. So now, guess what? All those times on that street with those Vietnam vets. So now I, 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 I got involved with um, Operation Homefront. A guy from Milton, Joe O'Hara, who, you know, that's a uh, national uh, corporation. They help the military families. So now I can raise money and give money to these military families. Exactly. So so that's what I mean. Is I don't know what's going to happen when I walk out this door today, but I'm telling you right now, it just doesn't stop. Paul, Paulie, I got a secret. Not- I got a secret for you. So you want to know how I found you? Joe O'Hara was a guest on my show a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me all that Operation Homefront was doing, and he mentioned you. I said, Venito, the last name sounds familiar. See a Milton guy? I said, yeah. I said, we got to get Paulie on the show with John. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was perfect. So, Johnny, you got any comments on this one? Man, it, it's such a great story, right? Mm. Paulie, like, man, I, I got chills up my arms right now, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the idea that you're out there and you're, you're giving back to, to the people around you. Right. And, and your devotion and commitment to make sure that those people are, are never forgotten. Right. Yeah. Getting out there and being seen and be like, don't forget about these people, you know, and, and reminding people of that day, even though it was a bad thing, you've twisted it into a good thing. Right. Yeah. And it's branched off. It is. Look at all that. Like you talked about the experience. Well, what a positive impact just for you being out there, being that that centrifugal force right, of going out there doing something positive, how much it drew more positivity towards you, and he- it's helping other people. People yeah. are seeing that, and it's like, that that's what we need. We need more of that right now, Paulie, yeah. and, and I appreciate yeah. all your hard work and, and the recognition you're providing those people. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an amazing. Yeah. Paulie, I got another question for you. So, after September 11th, you were still a flight attendant? 
was oh, was it how was it flying right after it happened like when you first went back to work was that just incredibly anxiety stress i mean i don't even know how you would answer it but was it crazy well, as i'm thinking i can tell you my own personal thing as people knew me because of that, that picture on my bag but every time i went to work i was waiting for it to happen again and mm. I, I i wanted it to happen yeah. i was i wanted, i can only tell you i wanted revenge like i Never, I wanted payback, but I couldn't show that on the airplane. I had to, you know what I mean? But I was coming apart the scenes. I mean, you couldn't drop a pin on an airplane without me knowing about it. Mm. Anything that moved on an airplane that I was on, I knew. I was like a cat. I, and, but I, I, it didn't show, I, you know I mean? Nobody got behind my back. I, I don't know how I lasted 10 years. I really don't. When I think back on the, what, what, it was, I don't know how I held it together. Because, you know, us in Boston, with the two aircrafts left out of, you know, we, because we were so close to it, we, when you go to another city and the caterers would come on the plane and, and the, you know, would look at them like, are you, nobody's checking this stuff? I mean, it was crazy. Only people on the West Coast, it, they weren't affected like we were. And it, it, for me, it bothered me. I'm like, you know, I'm not kidding. Uh, either you checked this, uh, you know, a lot of stuff was, because they didn't have any answers right away. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it was brutal. Mm -hmm. It was brutal for the, you know, right away. It was tough to go back to work. At United, we had 28,000 flight attendants when 9-11 happened. After 9-11, we went down to 16,000. Wow. So many wow. They laid off or quit. You know, and I didn't blame them. If I was, mm -hmm. if I was a woman after 9-11, there's no way I'd get, go back on an airplane. Because we were finding box cutters under seat cushions. That, you know, from what we understand, they were riding our planes watching us for a while. You know mm. what I mean? So, yeah, wow, that's stuff of, you don't hear about at all. There was a lot of stuff that, you know, well, you know, what, all of a sudden they started arming the pilots, had the option to carry guns, and they'll put the air marshals on. We would hear different stuff, and, you know, it was just, it, it, the, 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 everything changed. It was a fun job. I loved the job. I would have done that job for nothing. I really would have. I loved it. I traveled. Why not? I mean, it was beautiful. I traveled around the world. And, uh, you know, I'm single. I don't have any kids. I was I was a playboy back in the day. It was beautiful. <laughs> Paulie, I was going to say, when I, when I look at you, I, I don't think flight attendant. No. I think Teamsters. Uh, so I, I will say, you are not the average looking flight attendant. Just for well, that. They said, most people said, well, you're from Boston. You're either a gangster or you're a cop. You know I mean? <laughs> or a podcast hoster in the, in the military. But, you know, those things, too. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, your, your story is amazing. It so is, when is. do you leave to head down to Dulles and get this show on the road? So I'll tell you, the, another thing about it is, too, is American Airlines. Uh, uh, um, see, the airline industry don't want anything to do with 9-11. Us and the airlines know that because they just don't, it's bad for business. Mm. They don't want to be associated with 9-11. You know, we tried doing memorials through the years and, uh, and always, no, 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 no. 9-11 uh, in Boston, I, they just had me come in and they did a video that's going to be shown streaming on September 11th at City Hall, uh, State House for the families of 9-11. This year, they're dedicating it, the 9-11 this year, dedicated it to the crew members. Isn't mm. that funny? Wow. You know, it's, 
for 20 years, I was going in there asking them to get water. You know, now all of a sudden, they're whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what it is? It makes me feel good because I made some changes. And that's important. But now the airlines, American, is letting me leave from Dallas Airport out of the crew room, uh, American's crew room. And then they're bringing me out on the tarmac. And the fire trucks are going to be out and spray the water. They asked me the other day, you okay getting wet? And I said, listen, I went through two hurricanes last year. So, you know, people are really excited about it. Um, I leave September 8th out of Dallas. I'll push the 8th, the 9th, the 10th. And both, hopefully have it all done, you know, and then just, have, you know, make it easy. I come into the Pentagon at 2 o'clock. And I can, that's when they're going to bring me in there. So, that's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, like last year, I wore these uh, wristbands for uh, 175, and uh, now I got, I got these from American 77. I don't know if you see them. I know. We can see them, Paulie. Yeah. And, and, and we see it, Paulie? Yep. Paul, I just want to let you know that what you're doing is unbelievable. It Seriously. Is. If, if, yeah, I'm sure people cool. have told you, but from a couple of old Boston guys in their, uh, their Pennsylvania slash Florida <laughs> co-hosts, we wanted to let you know that... Uh, and I, I know everybody up there is, is super proud of you, Paulie. What you're doing is unbelievable. Yeah, I appreciate it. It, it, it gives so, me goosebumps, but, too, and, and it's not the AC in here. I yeah, promise you exactly, that. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable, unbelievable story. So, Paulie... Uh, we, we're getting to the end of our show, but we want to thank you for coming on, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, thank you so much for, for pointing out to, to me. You know, I, I never realized about the flight attendants. I didn't either. Every year, I always think, you know, we've had, uh, we had Detective Jerry Kane from the NYPD mm-hmm. on. We had Sean Pierce, who was on the 73rd mm-hmm. floor, one of the towers. But we've never had, we never discussed the flight the attendants. Flight I think that gets... That's been skipped over over the or years. Or what they did, or had what, to go through. Exactly, what they went through that year. Yeah. And, and I want to thank you more than I can say for coming on the show. And, and on a serious note, congrats on beating the uh, the addiction. As yeah. as a fellow yeah. Bostonian, I've seen what it's done to to our yeah. communities up there. So congrats on that. Mm-hmm. So I just know that every one of us have been on an airplane. And just picture yourself sit all the times you've been on an airplane. And just picture at 8 o'clock in the morning and, and, and that stuff happening. How these flight crews ever stood up against that without any type of training, mm-hmm. with people screaming and whatever. It's just mind-boggling to me, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and, you know, as Americans, we're supposed to recognize someone like that. that you know, that, that, that's just mind-boggling to go up against that. It's, you know, and, and some of these girls that I knew, they get kids at home and whatever. And, you know, it's just amazing. So, we have so, John, Polly. John does that for us. <laughs> That's who goes up against those guys. Is John there yeah, on the Zoom next right, year? He he trains right. for that stuff, but as long as ants don't get him, yeah, as long as right, unless you're a fire ant, in which case you can take John out. But no, I, I mean that that's what you're saying is is like I think of that now that you're pointing out. Like Paul, did you ever? You know, prior to September 11th, all your years as a flight attendant, you never probably thought something like that could happen, did you? Did you ever think of that, or did you you know were you ever concerned well, about that when you were working? Not- well, of course, you thought about uh, being hijacked because you, you know, you train for, you know, it's not, but not to be the aircraft to be the cockpit to be taken over. That, mm. that was never, no, absolutely not, no. I mean, I've, I've been on fight flights where there were fights. I mean, I worked for some charter airlines out of Boston where it was ninety nine dollars, and believe me, they were throwing beer bottles at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like those flights because I'd be in the middle of it. You know? 
<laughs> I'm shocked that people leaving Boston would be drinking and fighting, Polly. That's a shock to me. No. So, all right. So, Polly, if people want to get involved with Polly's Push, www.pollyspush.com is where I would send them. Yep. And that's U L I E S. Polly'spush.com. Yeah. And on there, they can go, they can donate, and they can, you know, they can cheer yeah. you on and all things like that. Yeah, they'll be able to sign on to a GPS unit, and it'll send a signal to your phone the minute we turn it on, and you can literally find out where I'm at exactly on the street. People, I had people coming off the highways up of 95 last year, and they will follow me on their phone. So, yeah, it's pretty good setup. The donations, if you go on the website, it, tells, it explains everything. In, uh, and like last year, where the money went, I you know I, I, I helped build uh, you know children's uh, YMCA up at, you know, playgrounds and stuff like that. What you know, so it's it's not about money. This thing was never about money. It will never be about money. But it takes money to accomplish it. So whatever's after expenses, it goes to help kids and families and whatever. That's that's all. It's it's. You know, it's, it, it's fantastic, yeah, Paulie. It's fantastic. And, it, you know, for anybody who's watching, again, that's www.pollyspush.com. Maybe it could be a big company. You might want to sponsor Polly next year. Don't forget about that. Johnny, before we go, you want to say a few words and take us out? Well, I've got a couple of things to say uh, to Polly and Mark. I'd like to get you and Joyce if we could make this happen. But, Polly, when you step off, it'd be great if we could get a quick video clip maybe maybe get a recording of him stepping off and we and then when he finishes up and we could we could have it you know an update put on the show just a quick clip showing Polly getting after it um this is a great cause Polly. and again i'm i'm pumped that you came onto the show to, to, to talk about it and and bring more exposure to your effort that's that's an awesome thing that you do and uh you know Polly, the fact that you had to get through some of uh, your own demons in this process Right. That, that's super commendable, man. And it, I've watched family members struggle with those same types of addictions. And, you know, Mark's talked about his, his thing as well. And man, it, it's, it's great that you found it deep down inside, you know, you had some guts and grit to, to go ahead and push through and, and, and make that change for yourself. But in the process, you were given back to everybody else. So I, I gotta say again, man, the, that process of giving back to everybody else is, is awesome. And look what yeah, it's done for yeah. for you, you know. Um, and so I, I'm big on one of my things is big on changing and improving myself, right? With working out and make you know making the bad guys work for it if they're gonna try and kill me, right? So the thing I always put out at the end of the show is, you know, I'm out there training, right? And I train to be hard to kill. So when you're out there doing your thing, as as those flight attendants are out there, they just didn't they didn't go out willingly. They put up a fight. Yeah, as, yeah. you know, we all know that. So I, I you know. I tell everybody out there, when you're training, train to be hard to kill. Yeah. Absolutely. Polly, yeah. once again, everybody. Thank you. Polly. Thank you so much for coming on Thank the show, you. telling us all about it. And when John and I are home at Christmas time in Boston, we're going to find you for a ginger ale some night down the post. Everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in to Guts and Grit. You can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, all the different social media platforms. Once again, Paul Venito from Polly's Push here for our first September 11th show. Never forget September 11th, everybody. Thank you all thank for tuning you. in to Guts and Grit. Paulie, thank you so much, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Thanks Paulie. Okay, I'll guys. see you guys. Talk to you soon, Paulie. All right. Guts and Grit. Like, subscribe, comment, share.